Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. The Raiders is a team that we don't care for. Something, something, With Lori Lattimore Volk, Jess Place, and Tim Lynch. Yes, my master. Get involved in the conversation at milehighreport.com. This is Something Something Broncos. I am Jess Placed. I am joined today by Lori Lattimore-Volkman and Tim Lynch. Uh, we are writers uh, for MileHighReport.com. Uh, we are brought to you today uh, by uh, the milk carton on which uh, the Kansas City Chiefs defense is listed. Have you seen them? They are gone. What happened to Kansas City's defense? Who cares? Right. Actually, it's great. Yeah. I'm glad they jettisoned all their players. Bye-bye. Right? It's good. It's like, oh, they got a quarterback. They're like, we don't need anybody else. We don't need <laughs> a single person. Maybe Patrick Mahomes is going to play safety, too, for a little while. We got we got Mahomes. We have our culturally inappropriate uh, tomahawk chop thing that, for some reason, they still do. Like, it's like, okay, that's not okay. A pregnant wife, girlfriend, child beater still, apparently. Allegedly. Right. How excited are the Browns? They're like, oh, they're going to cut Tyreek Hill. Here we come. <laughs> hey, well, you won one game in three years. Here we come. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh, what about the, our beloved Denver Broncos? They signed Bryce Callahan. They re-signed uh, Kevin Hogan, the backup quarterback. <laughs> Thank God. Everyone can just breathe a big sigh of relief. Uh, and Jeff Harriman. Hireman here. He uh, is back after being gone. Now he's back. 
everything we said kind of negative about him in the last podcast. Um, <laughs> sort of take it back. Uh, you can use that as bulletin board material. Let us know if you need some more because uh, we have plenty if you need it. You forgot Zach Kerr. Oh, Zach Kerr. Yeah, his interview uh, with Andrew Mason and company the other day was really good. Oh, I loved it. He's an interesting dude. I enjoyed it. The cool thing about Zach Kerr is he's the kind of player you want to have. He does. He knows that he's not the superstar, but he's a workhorse. And he's going to bring it every day. He wants to improve. He came back to Denver. He had a few other offers that were very similar. But he wanted to be in Denver because he believes that the new coaches are going to do a lot for the defense in particular. He liked the players they brought in. He's excited to get better. He's excited to keep working with Bill Kolar. And you could tell in his interview that he just he just really wants to plug in with this defense where he knows he can he can improve and learn, but can also contribute and be one of the guys to kind of help keep everyone else getting better too. He knows he has a role, and he calls Bill Kolar uh, Wild Bill, actually. <laughs> I think the most interesting thing that, for me, he said was the they tried to kind of pigeonhole him into saying, you know, see if he, seeing if he would say quarterback is the biggest need at, at 10, because they asked him uh, who they who he thought the Broncos should go for. Uh, the first name he mentioned was Devin White, but they asked him, you know, what about the offense? And I thought for sure that that was when they were trying to get him to say quarterback, but he, he actually went with wide receiver. Saying that, you know, they have a good group, but if they can find somebody that can take the top off the defense, you know, because Joe Flacco likes to throw the ball down the field. Um, I kind of like that response. It's like, you know, don't don't immediately say, yeah, I want to get rid of Joe Flacco, you know. I agree, Tim. I thought it was interesting <laughs> that he never even said quarterback. He said, I know everybody wants to go with the quarterback, and that's always the the main first round pick that you think of. He said, I don't think people give him credit for being as uh, as athletic as he actually is. So he seemed pretty excited to have Flacco back there. Yeah, and he, he feels like Fangio can really get this team over the hump, and especially on defense. Uh, and he's he's kind of right. The defense has a, a solid core. I think they're they're light on maybe one position group in the whole in the whole defense, and everything else feels pretty stacked if they can all come together and play um at an elite level so i'm excited about the defense the offense we're just gonna have to you know hope and pray <laughs> that it all comes together because we got a lot of unknowns we don't know if flacco is going to be any good we don't know if rich scangarello is going to be any good there's a lot of unknowns there one thing we do know is that uh earlier this offseason there was some conversation about bringing in blake bortles uh, quarterback <laughs> the Denver Broncos and um, thankfully we know that that is not going to happen uh, I don't know I don't know many Broncos fans that would be like no no Joe Flacco we need to go with Blake bring Blake in here he can he can get us uh, to where we need to go so we kind of dodged a bullet there now that we can kind of step back and kind of see see the world that Elway has kind of constructed uh, pre-draft, uh, the, the Bronco, the 2019 Broncos pre-draft edition. We brought in a whole cadre of players. They're all like real contributors. Like I, I, I really think that things are going to kind of uptick. I mean, you know, the, the jury's still out on Joe Flacco and, 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 you know, everyone has that emotional baggage about him. But, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll work through that together. Uh, Broncos country, um, but um, like Kareem Jackson, 
and you know Bryce Callahan and you know bring in you're bringing in these these great defensive guys. I really like that they're focusing on that. They're like we're really good at what we're doing uh, on defense. Let's let's like hit it home run. That makes me feel really good that at least we're going to own one side of the ball and. And if we totally own it, then, you know, the other side can kind of limp across the goal line and, and hopefully we'll win a few games. You know, this may not be our year, but I can see steps being made to make it our year down the line. And that's all I ask. Just improve. Just get better. Like, don't fall down the hill any more than we already have the last two seasons. You know, you look at Joe Flacco's career. He won a lot of games with less weapons on offense and a good defense and good coaching. What is Elway building right now? He's trying to make that defense great. He, on paper, it looks like they've got a really good coaching staff and they have better talent on offense. It's all got to come together. But so far, I mean, people like the Joe Flacco meme, but if if he does what he did in Baltimore when they were getting to the playoffs every year, this this team ha- appears to have more talent than some of those Ravens teams did. So we'll, we'll just have to see. I think it looks really good, actually. I don't feel like the offense is going to be quite as mediocre as we're talking about. Joe Flacco is a bit of an unknown in that he hasn't had his best years recently, and he's been a little injured. But I was really impressed with his press conference the other day, and he has that swagger, that like true swagger you want your quarterback to have. He's like kind of cool and confident and actually truly knows what he's doing and is ready to be the guy. We we have talked about that for the last three years. I think we've tried to talk ourselves into Case Keenum sounded like that guy. Trevor Simeon, everyone was like, he's calm, cool, and collected. Joe Flacco shows that he actually knows how to be QB number one and lead a team into big games, lead a team through tough games and come back and win them. And that's what Elway said. He wanted somebody who was a proven winner, somebody who knew how to win in the big game. And Joe Flacco has done that. And like Tim said, he just hasn't really had weapons. Emmanuel Sanders and Joe Flacco could be a great combination together. And then Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman come back and keep doing what they started doing last year, especially Philip Lindsay. So we have a, a really strong running game to augment Flacco and and Sanders. And then all we need is Cortland Sutton to take that second year leap. I think the offense is going to actually be pretty good. Nothing stellar, but I don't think it will be just getting by. Well, I'm kind of nervous about the offensive line. Juwan James addition, yes, that's good. We we lost Billy Turner. the last few years we put our quarterback back there and just are like you know good luck like <laughs> run for your life it's going to be interesting to see how how joe flacco reacts to kind of that mentality i see from for myself like the biggest positional need the biggest area we need to address is that offensive line going into the draft and the rest of off of the off season sure we do need that inside linebacker but if we're going to really try to put some points on the board and not put it all on the defense. We're going to need to kind of shore up that uh, that offensive line, get some depth and and some skill. And I don't know if, if that's in this draft. It could be Joe Flacco in a prayer and some smelling salts and go out there and you know, run for your life. <laughs> you know? Well, he's been doing um, that at Baltimore too, hasn't he? So he'll just feel right at home. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, he, we did have his banner on our stadium uh, a few years back. So <laughs> if that doesn't make you feel welcome, what does? Uh, what about you, Tim? What you, what's our biggest uh, positional need heading into the draft? I know. I hear what you're saying about the line. I hear what you're saying uh, about the inside linebacker position. Um, and I, I think those will get addressed along with tight end in the draft. But long term, it's going to come down to the quarterback. And I still feel like a guy like Drew Locke is going to be at the top of their board if he's available with the 10th pick. If they pass, I'll be fine with it. But if they decide, if Elway decides this is this is the route we need to go, I'm going to completely understand it. And I'm going to support it because you, you cannot win in this league if you do not have a quarterback. And while we can hope that Joe Flacco is going to revive his career at 34 and have a great finish to his career for the next four years, I mean, we could end up with another Case Keenum, you know what I'm saying? So you back up that possibility of a lost se- another lost season with a, a first-round quarterback. I understand it. I won't oppose it. But I also won't be sad if it doesn't happen. I, I think what Tim is saying is you can't really base your fandom in and what uh, the Broncos do with the quarterback position in this draft. It's either it's either ride or die with, with Flacco for this season or ride or die for a rookie. And really, eh, I don't know if you can really say, all right, that's it. We didn't take a quarterback. I'm swearing off the Denver Broncos. That's it. I've had it. Like, who, like no fan, no real fan would do that. I don't know. Lori, what do you think? What do you think about the p- biggest positional need heading into the draft? I actually think that there's two different answers because the biggest positional need I don't think is quarterback. Yet, I'm with Tim in that I totally understand why we would get a quarterback in the first round because it is going to be a big need. Probably not this year, but down the road. And you have to start thinking about that this year. I go back and forth every day with, I hope we pick Drew Locke or I'm actually now kind of a Dwayne Haskins fan. So picking one of those two versus taking one of the super defensive studs that, you know, could fall to us or that we could we could get in the first round. I really still secretly am hoping for Devin White because to me, I think linebacker is where we actually are. We we do have our biggest weakness in the defense and I, and that position is the position we really need to be strong to cover our biggest weakness, which is the tight end and the, the running back. So I would I would like to see us address that with one of the top linebackers in the draft. So I wouldn't be sad if we didn't go for a QB and we and we kind of went with one of the top athletes that, you know, the best player available that that Elway likes to get. But again, if we got Drew Locke or Dwayne Haskins, I'd also be totally supportive of it because we have to draft that franchise quarterback at some point. And it doesn't seem to me a bad plan to do it this year. Plan to have him sit behind Flacco and getting some some experience behind an experienced quarterback. And as long as we do it the right way this time, where we try to develop him and get him ready for the post-Flacco years, I think that's great. And Flacco gives us insurance so that next year, in 2020, if that quarterback didn't really develop as we hoped, then we go for another QB next year in the draft. And we we keep, we have to swing for the fence at some point and not 
not be gun shy just because it hasn't worked out in the past. This is why I wish they had some sort of practice between free agency and the draft. Because if if they got if they were able to bring in Flacco and and do some some practice sessions and kind of get a feel for where he's at and the coaching staff can kind of give their feedback to Elway and stuff, then, you know, maybe he wouldn't have to take a chance and, and cover his, you know, cover his rear end by drafting a quarterback. Cause right now Flacco is an unknown. So, and that ain't going to change. So it kind of, either he's going to take a quarterback in, with the 10th pick or there's a quarterback coming at some point in this draft. And you bring in another second tier level quarterback with all due respect to the Super Bowl MVP Joe Flacco uh you, then you have a sudden have like the, the worst the worst of the worst quarterback controversies it's like if you bring in a like Teddy Bridgewater level guy and it's like they're both kind of like lukewarm on the field then then it's like you don't even have like a, a good quarterback controversy you just have like two guys that are kind of like duds that, Which we've you know, had. <laughs> yeah, to me yeah. And Rich, we had the bad quarterback controversy already two times. Yeah, I mean, and how does it feel to be Mark Sanchez to know that you couldn't even like like crack that pecking order? Like, <laughs> that's terrible. Speaking of terrible, let's look across the AFC West uh, at our friends, uh, the Oakland Raiders. Um, they have made uh, quite a few moves. Uh, most recently, they uh, signed Vontez Perfect uh, out of uh, Cincinnati, who uh, has all of his uh, baggage uh, associated with him. Uh, Antonio Brown, that's their, their big signing, that, uh, their blockbuster signing, um, their trade, I should say. Uh, they, they gave up a third and a fifth to the Steelers to get uh, Antonio Brown. Um, which is kind of a steal. I mean, it's it, it's not fair that uh, that the Raiders were willing to give whatever he wanted to him in a contract, making them the sexy pick for him. Uh, but for better or for worse, Antonio Brown is uh, going to the Raiders. After I remember seeing a meme of a gravestone saying, you know, Amari Cooper's career. Uh, you know, with the date he was drafted as, as like the death date. Uh, it, could this be the gravestone for uh, Antonio Brown's career going to the Raiders? They also signed uh, Trent Brown um, from New England, LaMarcus Joyner, uh, the cornerback, and uh, Tyrell Williams, uh, the wide receiver uh, from the Los Angeles Chargers. So they have, uh, they've, been, they've been working very hard there. Uh, general manager of the uh, Toronto Argonauts, um, Canadian football fame, uh, Mike Mayock, has been really uh, burning the midnight oil trying to put together a roster that could be competitive in the AFC West. Uh, so how does Broncos country feel about this? Do they Are we afraid? Are we, scared? Are, are we nervous that the Raiders are finally uh, turning things around after just 16 short years of ineptitude? <laughs> you know, Antonio Brown will, uh, will be good. But Derek Carr is no Ben Roethlisberger, in my opinion. So I imagine Antonio will see a little bit of a, a drop-off in his statistics. I think Fontes perfect. He'll get in trouble again. He'll do something. I think they'll be more competitive, a little bit tougher for us to beat. Well, they, they, they have to be more competitive because they just they gave up in like week three last year. Like they just, they just quit. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. Please continue. Well, so anyway, I honestly think it was the Chiefs who had the worst free agency. And did the Chargers even do anything? I do think overall then 
probably Kansas City came down a little bit and the Broncos and the Raiders came up. So hopefully the AFC West will actually be more competitive with each other. There will be less of a Chiefs dominating kind of conference this year. Well, they have no defense, so they'll need a lot of offense. And they'll keep and... having a lot of offense, but if without their defense, I mean, we know how that goes. They lost a game 54-51. I mean, who does that? Dallas Cowboys uh, when uh, Peyton Manning played them. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> they didn't score 50. <laughs> well, I think at around week six, week seven, you're going to hear this sound with the Raiders. <laughs> Uh, oh, poor Raiders. I, I, my brother-in-law is a huge Raiders fan, and the scope of pain that he has endured the entire time I've known him, because, you know, they haven't been good the entire time. I mean, they had that one year, but, you know, they didn't win a playoff game. I mean, since they won their last Super Bowl, the Broncos have won three. Let's see, there was three that we lost, the three that we won, the, the one that we won, and then the other one we, we lost. There's a lot of Super Bowlness going on with the Denver Broncos, <laughs> and they haven't had any of that. Chucky came out, came about in I, I think 1988, and so like the whole Chucky thing has never seen uh, a, a Super Bowl. I mean, other than you know, I, and he was quick to point this out. He's like, "No, Chucky won a Super Bowl." I'm like, "Yeah, but I gotta tell you, like, it, he won it against your team. Like that doesn't ca- that should hurt. That should like cut you to the core. Like you're that is not." A positive, like you bring that up, like it's a, a positive. That's not a positive. We have won three Super Bowls since you won your last one. Like that, that that one meaningless Christmas Eve game doesn't erase uh, uh, decades of ineptitude. Like I, you know, I, I I appreciate that you think you are in our sandbox. I don't think you are. I think you're you're like not even in the playground. You're like you're like in the parking lot, like behind the fence. You know. Like, let me in. And we're like, no, no, you're shady. Can't do it. We just hate the Raiders. What can you say? My my little brother is a Raider fan, and I'm not nice about it at all. Because he's <laughs> my little brother. I'll hold him down and, you know, spit on his face or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I go back when we were little kids. <laughs> oh, oh, I thought you meant, like, recently. No. <laughs> but, well, just, you know, sneak attack him. No, so he's not expecting Just spit on him, like, when he comes over. <laughs> That's for being a Raiders fan. Yeah. yeah. The Raiders, are they legit? Are they not legit? Uh, Lori, what do you think? Are they legit? I think they're legit. Well, the thing is, they, they're kind of... <laughs> <laughs> they overpaid, probably, but they they were at least... You don't believe it? Look at I you. Don't, like, I don't. They will. They will fuck it up. That will happen. So, I guess in that way, not legit as a contender. I think the free agency was was legit mostly. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I think we got to move on from this. <laughs> uh, Tim, are they legit or not? Uh, bust out your little, fuck you, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> my son stole it. I, my I son stole it? My eight-year-old is running around saying, fuck you, fuck you. Oh, no, no, he's, he's six. 
That's how I feel about the Raiders. Yeah, there you go. Tim, we have a little news. Would you like to share our, our news with uh, with the, the listening public? Yeah. Uh, Mile High Report is actually going to be coming to Twitch soon. Twitch is a video hosting platform. We'll be doing live shows and live content there. It's going to be fun. And it has a chat room where you know, you'll be able to interact with us and it's uh twitch.tv slash MHR underscore live. Give us a follow. We'll be launching our first show probably in the next week. I think I'm still working on a lot of the, the back end stuff. So, uh, it's exciting. We'll have a lot of different shows. I think, uh, we'll start with MHR live traditional with Ian Henson. And then, um, some, some of us podcasters are going to get on the show as well. So it's going to be fun. Uh, if you're a fan of Twitch, I'm a huge fan of Twitch. I've been, using twitch for years um so i'm pretty excited about it um but yeah that's it'll be fun and something something you should know about us at mile high report um from from the top to the bottom uh uh editorial to 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 staff writer uh to podcasters we are all incredibly attractive people and we (laughs) want you to tune into our twitch show so you can just see how how beautiful uh we are um, me especially. Um, <laughs> so please uh, take the time uh, to, to subscribe. Twitch.tv slash slash MHR underscore live. Exactly. Exactly. And you will not believe how beautiful Tim is. He is a beautiful man. It's time for the mystery question. Uh, who, in your opinion, was the worst draft pick in Denver Broncos history? There's been a lot. There's been a lot of real terrible, we'll call them turds. There's been a lot of turds. Uh, Who's the worst? Uh, Tim, in your opinion, who is the worst? Imagine drafting somebody in the first round of the 1988 NFL draft, and you've never met him. And he shows up. You think you drafted a six-foot-one, you know, 300-pound defensive tackle named Ted Gregory out of Syracuse, and he's actually closer to 5'9", <laughs> 260, <laughs> and he ended up being cut before training camp ever started. Now, how, I, I found a Deadspin article he's listed the eighth worst NFL player in, in, in all of history. So I don't know how you're going to beat that one, Lori, but uh, you can try. <laughs> Ted Gregory showed up, and he was actually a 65-year-old man. <laughs> Wikipedia still lists him as six foot one, even though he's five nine. <laughs> By the way, I'm trying to think. Tommy Maddox wasn't too great. He wasn't cut before training camp. <laughs> Getting like the Willie Middlebrooks, uh, uh, Delta O'Neill, right? Delta O'Neill was a well, first Delta round. Delta O'Neill mm-hmm. was, but he contributed. Oh. Sure, he did. <laughs> he got a jersey. Oh uh, yeah. Was Maurice, Maurice? Claret? Did we did yeah, we draft Maurice. him? Yeah, we got him with the last pick in the third round of the two thousand and five draft. I'm gonna go with him as the worst. He did get cut during training camp, so it's close. <laughs> yeah. It, well, and remember, he structured his contract as such so that there were no there was no guaranteed money. Uh, and so he, he like twisted his ankle and then complained and, and took a lot of tubs 
and and then got cut, and we didn't, he didn't cost us anything. Um, and then that's why he was uh, later arrested for holding people up in the alley uh, in alleyways, I guess. Uh, <laughs> robbing. And so he went to jail for a little while, and he's out now. And and uh, he, you know he's he's being Maurice Claret out there in civilian life. You All know, right, Jess, what's your pick? All right, it's kind of convoluted, but in the nineteen sixty three season, the Denver Broncos were terrible. They lost a ton of games. I think they won two games. I'm, I I don't have it in front of me because you you put me on the spot, Lori. So I'm I'm going I'm going to my real house. The, the 1960s. <laughs> um, <laughs> so they were they were absolutely terrible. And what they did was they traded away a pick uh, to the Houston Oilers to get a quarterback. And it wasn't like they were getting the quarterback's rights forever. They got him for two years on loan, and then he was supposed to go back. And, it, and they gave up a first-round pick for this. And so and if you look, the Denver Broncos had no uh, draft pick in, in 1964 uh, because they had traded it away and um, I believe Houston then parlayed that pick into something else and that pick went to the New York Jets and with the first pick that belonged to the Denver Broncos in the 1964 draft the New York Jets selected Hall of Famer Joe Namath <laughs> I, I think I found it it was a nine-player trade, like the biggest oh my trade in like history, and the Broncos got nobody knows, and the Jets went on to win a Super Bowl a few years later. Jackie Lee, in the 1964 draft, the Denver Broncos traded uh, Bud McFadden and their 1965 first-round pick to the Houston Oilers for Jackie Lee, who had been a solid backup for George Blanda since the AFL was founded. I was a year off, so it was the it was the following the 1964 season, uh, and it was nine it was the 1965 draft. Yeah, I, <laughs> this is fascinating. It's a 2011 article, and I wrote, "Joe Namath is the most overrated player in NFL history." <laughs> Hashtag Jets suck. <laughs> yes, and before I had kids, this is the the kind of quality content I would bring to Mile High. Nice, dude. <laughs> That's good stuff. I love it. There you go. So, so when you asked me what what was the worst play, uh, what was the worst pick in uh, Broncos draft history? The, the worst thing we did was trade <laughs> trade away our fir- our number one overall um, for a quarterback we uh, we got for two years and had to give back, and and that pick later became Joe Namath. Okay, well, you win. <laughs> <laughs> So you've been listening to Something Something Broncos. I am Just Place uh, with Lori Lattimore Volkman, Tim Lynch. Uh, you can reach us on Twitter. I am at J E Z R U Jezru. Tim is at Tim Lynch nineteen seventy eight. Guess what year he was born in? Lori Lattimore Volkman. You can reach her at Doc L L V. We are all contributors on MileHighReport.com, uh, your number one source for all things Denver Broncos. Thank you for listening, <laughs> Lord. Though we have lost Neil Smith to free agency and Steve Atwater to the Jets, still, we hope our beloved Broncos can bring home another Super Bowl championship and once again bathe in the glory of your light. Amen. Amen. Let's go. Let's go. Broncos. Broncos. Let's go, Broncos. Broncos. Let's go. And, uh, Scotty Sacks. I, we should do another close. Like, that was, like, the worst close ever. Like, can, should we do another one? Do it. You can do another one. <laughs>
that thing we do, we do it so well. <laughs> that is kind of a work of art. Take that, Broncos Wire. Ha. Uh, <laughs> we love you, John. We love you. We do love John. No, but don't read their stuff. Read our stuff. Four looks into the nickel of San Francisco in the secondary. Hey, somebody has run out on the field. Some goofball in a hat and a red shirt. Now he takes off the shirt. He's running down the middle by the 50. He's at the 30. He's bare-chested and banging his chest. Now he runs the opposite way. He runs at the 50. He runs at the 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. The 20. They're chasing him. They're not going to get him. Waving his arms, bare-chested. Somebody stop Look that out. man. Here comes the blue coat, Kevin. Oh, they got him. Here comes coming the blue from the coat. Left. Oh, and they tackle him at the 40-yard line. Something, something. With Lord Lattimore Volk, Jess Place, and Tim Lynch. Yes, my master. Get involved in the conversation at milehighreport.com. Incomplete. <laughs>